0: Hi guys, and welcome to episode two of season two of What They Don't Tell You About. This week, I have the amazing Anna Schilling-Law. Anna Schillinglaw is the founder of Milk, the agency that I'm signed with, and she is a bloody wonder woman, I'll tell you that. This week on the podcast, we talk about everything they don't tell you about starting a business. Starting from a modeling career that spanned over 17 years, Anna saw a gap in the market, and this is where Milk was born. So Enjoy. guys and welcome back to the podcast today i have a very special guest um anna Schillinglaw. she is the founder of milk management who i am signed to and have been with for three three or four years now i can't remember um and she is honestly amazing she is wonder woman running a business and we have her here today hey anna how are you
1: i'm good hi grace so nice to i'm so excited to do this
0: I know. Well, me and Anna, okay. So as recording right now, we are recording in like the seventh week of COVID. And um, I tried to record this with Anna a couple of weeks ago um, through the interweb. And um, I've definitely stepped up my game now, but finally got it to work. And I've honestly wanted to have you on for such a long time. Also, I miss seeing you. I see Anna like once a week.
1: (laughs) I miss seeing you. I miss seeing like my colleagues. Um, I miss, gosh, I miss so many things. But actually, Last time we were going to do this podcast, I was so nervous. I don't know why. I know you so well, and I do. Really? Yeah, I was so nervous. I'm so chilled today, so maybe it's meant to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is way better. Um, how are you, anyway, in light of everything that's happening?
1: You know what? I'm I'm pretty good. Um, um, I have Grace, who is like my right hand woman. She's kind of like my therapist as well. So when I have a bad night's sleep or I'm worried about something. I call her and she just, she just tells me how it is and puts it all into perspective. But no, it's, mm. it's good. Um, I'm definitely ready to kind of get back to work. Miss, I miss my job. I love my job. I, mm. um, I love my, it's great to spend time with my husband and son, but you know, you know close, <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to be polite Yeah, here. I love them so much, but. I feel like everyone's you know, the same as you right now. Yeah. I'm kind of like over it a bit and I'm so sick of my own cooking. I mean, I just want to mm. go out for dinner.
0: Oh you my know? God, I'm, I'm completely the same and I'm loving all these like kits that I can make from home, but it does, it's not exactly the same as going to a no. restaurant and putting on a nice outfit, no. um, really missing that. So we've got Anna on the podcast today because we're going to talk about all things starting a business. So Anna is the founder of Milk and I wanted to start off by a background of how you started Milk, why, and also why the name Milk.
1: Um, so just to give you a little bit of a background, I mean, I'm 45 now and I've been in this industry since I was 17. So I, I always wanted to be a model. I was very tall and, um, my family, my granny would always be like, oh, you're so pretty. You should be a model. So it was kind of always my dream. And, um, so I, I, I got signed to Storm when I was 17, which was like super exciting because such a legendary agency Um, And I was with Storm for about seven years. And then um, I I gained a little bit of weight um, and um, I became a plus size model, a curve model, whatever term you would like to use. Um, When back then, because that was quite a long time ago, it it was called plus size model, even though I was a size 12, which is a bit kind of wrong. Um, Mm. And um, I I really didn't want to kind of give up modeling, but my weight was kind of becoming an issue. And then I had this opportunity to find out about being a curve model. Um, So I signed with an agency in New York. um, And um, yeah, I carried on modeling most probably for another 10 years. Um, And then I was kind of like mid thirties, I was pregnant. I was suddenly looking at the industry starting to grow and all these other gorgeous brunettes kind of going on my agency's website. And I was having heart attacks in the evening thinking, (laughs) (laughs) this is my last job I was you know you you kind of get a client um, and then you lose a client and you know the thing with modeling is you never know when your next paycheck's coming so completely you know I really am sensitive to like models you know worrying about you know paying their rent and stuff because you know I I went through that too and then I literally have always loved kind of the business side of it I've I love organizing things I love looking after people And it just seemed like such an exciting thing to be an agent and have my own agency. I had no idea what actually that meant. (laughs) And having, I'd never had, this sounds terrible, but I'd never had a proper job. I Mm. became a model, which is such an amazing job. It's not like you're nine to five. Um, So I decided to open up my own agency just from my home. Um, I built a website. Some of my friends became my models. Um, I had put a bit of money behind it and then contacted all my clients and then started scouting and then came up with the name Milk, which I wish, um, I had a really exciting story for you, but it's really, I I had to come up with a name and it was just all these kind of random names, you know, came my way and you'd kind of type them in and it would be some dodgy porn site. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) so um all these you know oh my kind God, of, that's I, so funny <laughs> so true and um because I wanted a name I guess that was more associated with beauty or modeling and you kind of type these things in and all these weird websites came up so mm. I just kind of suddenly thought oh I'll think of something completely different that kind of has nothing to do with it and I just I kind of liked the way it visually looked and um it was just kind of simple and um, yeah. strong and um yeah I just kind of ended up going with that so um so yeah and that's how I kind of started that's how milk kind of started from my bedroom my husband actually was in the army so we were living in an army quarter in West Byfleet in Surrey (laughs) so
0: literally are running it from there
1: yeah so so unfashioned you know um I was running it from my army quarter in West Byfleet um from my spare bedroom so yeah that's how it um it all started there, and it's going to be our ten-year anniversary
0: um, wow. next
1: March. Next March, so that's kind of crazy.
0: Um, It's so nice that you say that as well, because actually, when I first joined Milk, I'd actually fallen in, out of love with the modelling industry, and I'd heard such good things about Milk being so accepting in terms of size, height, everything, and I and I was really worried about coming back into the industry, and honestly. I've fallen back in love since being with you guys. I've Aww. like I feel so safe and comfortable. And I definitely think, I mean you probably know this as well, but the industry was completely different and you you've lived it through it to now to how it was then. Um <laughs> so for for me finding an agency that um really accepted everything was really a turning point point, um, and I think that's amazing how you started this business because I'm yeah. no, so happy I, it exists.
1: I know I mean I wanted I mean if people that know me I'm, I'm not your I mean if you think of the kind of human being that owns an agency you most probably think of I don't know someone like in the devil wears Prada or something mm. but I'm I'm just not that person and um, I remember going to my other agencies, and, and they were all great agencies. But sometimes I would, I would be so insecure, like going into the agency about being judged. And I was always worried about my weight because I was continually told to lose weight. You know, it's like someone battering you continuously. Yeah. So um, I just hated going in. And I, I mean, I hated a lot of my kind of when I was very slim, my modeling career, because I was continually just worried about what if people were talking about me on set, or if I'd fit the clothes, or was my agent going to call me and give me a telling off and tell me to get mm. in the gym? Um, so I wanted to, you know, it's always been really important for me to create an atmosphere that is very loving, very warm. Um, you know, the girls can come in and just have a cup of tea and hang out and, and you know, always feel good. So I always kind of. You know i hope i do get up and say
0: hi to the girls and just have a chat and um, oh my and... gosh you're like the most warming person when i come into a room i'm like anna she's like great um but no it definitely is that atmosphere like every time i come in i say hi to everyone i mean i definitely make myself too comfortable um i'm like three hours later i'm like oh actually maybe i should leave now um but i wouldn't have it any other way to be honest me neither me neither i love it Hello. So I'm going to go on to the first myth okay. and the myth with a business. Do you think you need a background in the field to start a business? So for you, do you think it was important that you had a background in modelling to start your business?
1: Um, you know what? I never want to tell people you can't do this, like never, never. But I do think for me it was extremely helpful. I mean, I've met people um, who have suddenly become mother agents or scouts or own agencies that have never ever done anything in the industry before they just literally decided that's what they were going to do and I find Mm. that really random you know yeah but I think my strength and what makes me a good agent um and a good agency owner is because I've been a model I understand how the models feel you know um you know, sometimes my my staff will get really pissed off at how a model is reacting. And, mm. you know, I always kind of go, yeah, yeah, I know she's being annoying. But have you ever thought that she's acting that way because she's just insecure? Maybe like take her for yeah. a coffee, give her a hug, ask if she's OK. Um, and, you know, just being on the other side, I think that makes me an, a much rounded kind of agent. And I'm mostly too sensitive sometimes.
0: <laughs> to no, love it's nice. Of-
1: know how the girls are feeling and stuff.
0: Oh, well, no, I think that's nice. Did you think it was beneficial how many years you were in the industry to know how to manage and organise other people going forward? Was there a turning point from when you were modelling that you were like, actually, I want to be an agent?
1: Um, I don't think I ever really was like, this is what I'm going to do. I think it, it definitely started coming towards the end because you kind of go oh gosh what am I going to do I don't really have any qualifications I mean I didn't even finish my a-levels they gave me a modeling contract and I was like bye off I go to travel the world and become a star See (laughs) see ya
0: along the way at what point did you need to find other people to help you with your journey um and you know you mentioned grace and grace works at milk as well who is absolutely amazing at what point did you find other people to help you or you what at what point did you within the business starting did you ask start recruiting people along the way
1: um you know what it was it was quite soon um i actually i recruited a girl on gumtree <laughs> really <laughs> I mean, how not fashion is that? Um, yeah, I recruited this this lovely girl who's actually now still in the industry. She's actually a client, um, which is really funny because she literally remembers milk from my army quarter. So we do have a laugh about that. What, so did I she hired... come to
0: your army co- quarter?
1: Yeah, I in... <laughs> she reminded me recently that I apparently I flopped my boob out and started breastfeeding in the interview.
0: I love that, <laughs> I love that.
1: <laughs> And I literally was like, I did not. She was like, Yeah, you did. I was like, Oh my lord. Um. So yeah, she um. And uh, yeah, she kind of helped me. She had no kind of. She was interested in fashion, you know. She yeah. You know, she thought it was kind of cool. She lived really locally, and she was a lovely girl. And she really did help me out, you know, when I was kind of breastfeeding my son and 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 doing all that stuff. And then um, an old friend of mine who was an agent, um she came and kind of gave me some advice and she ended up commuting from London and working for me in my army quarter. And to West she... Byfleet? Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I know and um, she said to me you've literally got to make a decision Anna you cannot. Um, oh sh- th- that's actually when I had the virtual office because no one knew that I had my office in West Byfleet. Everybody thought I had an office on Oxford Street in in Soho in London. So I am basically, I got a virtual office, which is pretty cool. You basically get a London address in like a prime location, you get a London number. So when clients or models are calling you, it goes to a London number, and there's a receptionist that will then transfer it to your mobile, and all your post goes there. And they also have a meeting room. So I, what I would do, um, I, I remember doing a casting with Lara Doo, who are still my clients now, like really good clients of mine. And basically I ran up to London. This is before kind of we had model booking systems. So I ran up to London with like 20 portfolios, which I printed on my home kind of printer and then um, set up this kind of boardroom, which actually was really old fashioned and a bit rubbish. Um, and I put like model cards up and, um, you know, had my casting there. And I swear this model had joined <laughs> this model had joined me from like a pretty established agency. And I swear she was like, what the hell
0: is this? <laughs> well, did she know it was your it was uh, just a kind of not real office at the time?
1: Well, what I said, because I'm like the biggest blagger, what I said Hmm. is my, my had said I have a tiny office upstairs, that's why I hold all my meetings here. And that's what I would do. So also, it was the pressure of putting on this big kind of, you know, I'm this big, you know, honcho kind of agent, when really, I wasn't, I was just kind of trying to find my way. Um, that's amazing yeah so I, I did this big casting there and yeah it's really funny now because Lara is such an amazing client of mine and now they come to my very fancy office in they're like remember on, the days yeah so yeah it's actually really nice um, so how long how long were you doing that for so I mostly did that for about six months and then as I said my friend who was you know an agent and she'd mm. worked at lots of great agencies she was kind of like you need to make the choice of moving to London because, you know, she explained that the models had to come and see you and be able to walk in and stuff. And I was kind of like, okay, yeah, you're right. So what I did then is I, I, I was de- I kind of looked at an office near West Byfleet in the country. It was like this old barn. And mm. then I went to Parsons Green in London and there was a really cool complex there called the matrix complex where they have some really big offices but then some little small ones and like a cafe inside. And it was very music industry, but very creative. So a really mm. nice space to be in. And, um, and I then had to decide, do I actually take it to London or do I do it in this barn? And thank God I did not choose the barn.
0: Because I'd be chose... coming to visit
1: you in the barn. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I decided to move to Parsons Green. And I ended up having literally a tiny office with like two desks. Um, there where I had um, two staff members and then within that complex as I grew I was there for most probably like two years two three years Mm. I ended up moving to bigger spaces and stuff in there and then eventually it becomes the really big decision that I had to decide to move into central London because you know, it would be annoying for foreign agents to come in and see all the agencies in central London and then have to schlep all the way to part and screen to see me and for some of the models. Yeah. So that was a big decision, um, but it was definitely the right decision. And I think it's about doing it at the right time. I couldn't have done that when I started because I couldn't afford the rent.
0: Completely. Well, I think that goes quite nicely into our next myth, which I think you might tell us.
1: Um, yes, so my myth is that you need a lot of money to kind of start a business, and um, I I don't think that's true just from personal experience because when I I, I most I reckon I I um I reckon I'm, sorry my thumbs just walked into the room go away um, hi Oscar <laughs> um <laughs> um so basically I I reckon it cost me about seven thousand pounds to start my business
0: and what was that for the website and yeah
1: so that was like the website you know paying um someone to help me um do it um and also like printer um you know I needed like to print model cards you know my train fare up to London the cost of my virtual office um and all that and um I mean, I still own ninety percent of my company, which mm. I think is pretty good.
0: Yeah, um, amazing.
1: I I, I did um, get investment of ten percent. Um, gosh, about f- three, four years in. Um, I, I actually think- didn't. I didn't really even need to do that. I just think I was a bit like, oh wow, someone wants to invest in me. Yeah. <laughs> um. But um, yeah. I mean, it did help. I'm not going to lie. So that was yeah.
0: good. Um, and then. And then as you were saying, at what points in your business growth do you move on to the next stage? How you were, What do you look for and say, you know how you moved from your office in West Byfleet to Charlotte Street, then Charlotte Street to this amazing office in Newman Street? Were there factors that you consider being like, okay, well, I know it's the right time because...
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you, we were starting to do very well. And I think the reason, I mean, I wanted, to, I'll tell you a bit about... Um, kind of the vision I had about opening milk Mm -hmm. and what I wanted it to stand for so basically throughout my whole modeling career I was judged purely on my size when actually I had a a really great face for modeling and stuff and it was you know I I never found a, a place to fit in even when I became a curve model I was never big enough and then when I got bigger I was told to lose weight it was just I just wanted a place where I could kind of teach the fashion industry that you know curve models or models of all sizes should be able to do high fashion campaigns and magazines and stuff. So I really wanted to open up an agency that was diverse in, in everything, size, um, yeah, just everything. Um, and I wanted to produce great images and you know, have my girls in vogue, not just my slim yeah. girls, my curve girls. And I felt very passionate about it. So that's kind of my ethos behind milk. Mm. Um, um, and then um people really started to take notice um one of my girls was on the cover of Italian Vogue shot by Stephen Meisel. and, and you yeah, when I first started people were very snobby about curve or plus size models they just didn't want to know some did but some didn't mm. um, and they would really kind of close the door in your face and then literally this cover of Italian Vogue came out by one of the world's you know most renowned photographers and people started to wake up and then the industry just started kind of changing and stuff. And so I think in order to kind of, you know, one, you've got to make enough money and you've got to have mm-hmm. enough money in the bank because, you know, you might have slow months, you might have really good yeah. months. Um, so you don't want to, you know, be borrowing money from the bank and stuff. So we also, <laughs> I never really spent my profit. I just put it back into my company. I really kind of. Yeah, but of that's lived... true
0: love for the industry you're in and what yeah. you believe in.
1: You know, um, so even now, sometimes they're like, do you want to take some money? And I'm like, oh, can I take
0: a little bit? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like candy. You're like, no, no, no. I'm
1: like, oh, really? Oh, okay." And they're kind of like, yeah, take some. So um, you've got to have a a good amount. And because I wasn't one of those people that would make money and then spend it, I literally poured Mm. it back into my company. I was kind of like afraid to take it. I had like a nice sum of money. And then I found grace grace mm. is literally my right hand woman <laughs> and she tells me exactly how it is even if I don't want to hear it um yeah. and um she kind of sorted all the accounting out and now we have um a really strong kind of accounting division really great foundation which I think is really important because you need to pay the models on time you need mm. to have someone to chase your clients you know ha- you know you don't want to get a bad reputation in the For kind sure. of accounting department, because that can bring an agency down. For sure. So she just kind of allowed me to be creative, while she kind of did all the kind of important stuff, mm. <laughs> like you know holding the agency together and all that, and kind of having it function and operate. She's now my kind of chief of operations.
0: When at what point did she come into it?
1: So Grace came into it when I was at Parsons Green. So most probably, Grace has been with me. I think six years yeah so about three four years in
0: did you know her previously
1: no I met Grace through um uh a, a, an agent of mine she Grace used to work at Storm so that's how I met Grace God,
0: yeah. and
1: uh yeah she is just one of those people and you do meet them along the way like that are just like it's kind of like they treat your business like it's their own yeah. Like they stay up at night worrying about it they get so excited you know and they're just so passionate about what you do and I think Maybe she was sick of working for like companies that have been around that were very corporate, and just this was mm. just a completely different kind of ride. Well, to be fair, uh, whenever
0: whenever I speak to Grace about anything, she is so on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so great with, especially when I'm like signing visas or new contracts with other agencies. I'll tell Grace, and I'll come away from it feeling like ten times smarter because I've spoken to Grace.
1: Yeah, I feel like that too. <laughs>
0: um, I wanted to ask you as well because for me starting a business I wouldn't even know where to start in terms of like business models and copyright and like just small things like that Mm. how did you find the information to do that did you know that already or did you have to learn Mm. along the way
1: I definitely did not know all those things already I literally had to learn along the way I remember booking my first job and I was kind of like oh now I have to invoice this and I remember Mm. I had these external accountants right at the beginning, and I would kind of just send them my billing, and then they were like, "Well, you need to get a PO number." And I was like, "What's a PO number?" I mean, I literally mm. knew nothing, but I was like a sponge. I learned on the way, and I, you really? know, every day, yeah, every now, every day now, I'm I'm still learning and and stuff. And then I remember someone I think tried to copy our name that we're in a similar kind of industry. So then I had to copyright my name, and that cost me like I think like ten grand or something. So oh all my these God, like, I
0: Ugh, I've only so recently annoying. like heard about how much I think it was like I heard in a podcast Twenty twentieth 20th Century Fox. Someone had bought the name 21st Century Fox and they hadn't have thought of it when the century turned. So they mm-hmm. had to buy them out of copyright. And it was like mm-hmm. someone is just like literally knows how to make some money there. Yeah,
1: I can't believe sure. how
0: expensive copywriting is. So
1: expensive. And that's a lot of money for a new business. But, you know, we had to protect our kind of our name and stuff you know um mm. and then um yeah you just literally there's so many things and then you know all the visas all the there's new laws and stuff you know and um i think now we 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 um hire like an external hr company so we pay them amount of money i think a year or a month um and then You have it. You get advice from a lawyer, and we kind of live by them, you know. Because staffing is another issue. Yeah. (laughs) You know, at the beginning, I only had three staff. Now I think I've got twenty-six. So you know, that's another huge thing, you know. So I think it's just you've got to have that personality of like you've got to make mistakes, and you have to learn by them, you know, not make them again. And I've made loads of mistakes. Um. But then I literally am like, oh, God, well, I'm never going to do that again because it felt so terrible. I don't want to feel like that
0: again. Completely. I think that leans us into our next myth, which is not to take things personally. How do you not let things affect you, um, especially when you built it from the ground up?
1: Oh it's so hard not to let things affect you um wow, and that's a big one for me. Um, I think I'm much better now because I've grown as a person and I've grown as a as an adult as I said, I'm in my mid forties and I've grown mm-hmm. as a businesswoman, but at the beginning, it was really hard like the amount of blood, sweat, and tears I put into this, mm-hmm. you know, and then um people would kind of decide to go to another agency or you'd have a staff member go and you're just kind of like what yeah. you're leaving me
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and I remember the first time that happened and it really affected me I was driving into work and I think Grace called and told me and I turned the car around I couldn't even go into work it was kind of like a, a morning a death do you know what I mean yeah I took it that personally um and then I kind of had to have a word with myself and pick myself up but now I'm much more kind of things kind of roll off Um, thick-skinned yeah I'm much more thick-skinned don't get me wrong things really sometimes hurt but they don't hurt as much as they used to because you know I've learned to kind of control my emotions a bit more and also understand you know well you know sometimes one when one door closes another one opens do you know what I mean I'm I'm a bit more positive but at the beginning when I'd I'd done so much to get to where I was, it was really like hard. I think I had a model say to me once, don't don't take it personally and she's lucky I didn't punch her in the face. <laughs> You're like
0: just... how <laughs> the thing is, I think I think it's a good thing when things like that happen because I in my eyes, it seems like a business is growing bigger when things like that happen. And the more it mm-hmm. happens, the more it means your business is kind of growing
1: in yeah. a sense.
0: Yes, for um, sure.
1: For sure. I used to get so emotionally, I still do. I, I think I have my girls that, you know, they become friends of yours girls that have been with you a really long time that you really yeah. genuinely care about. Mm. Um, and you know, but I think I've with some, I've just, I've, you just kind of learn that this is a business you can't get too attached, yeah. you know, and, and you also learn about the girls, all the staff, you kind of mm. learn to read things that who, you know, might go somewhere because they think the grass is kind of always greener and you just kind of have to kind of keep them at arm's length in a way so then, when it does happen, it
0: doesn't yeah. hurt so much. Completely. No, completely. And then I wanted to go and discuss our last myth, which is quite a broad one, but the fact that it's easy. What do you think about starting a business? Is it easy?
1: Um... No, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not easy. I think, um, gosh, you know, you have to, you have it's so such hard work, and I think to make a success of it, you have to have such drive and passion, and you have to absolutely love what you do, and you have to be very focused because you become extremely selfish. Mm. I mean, I look back at how I was when I first. Had milk. I think I stopped, even away, kind of talking to like friends. Um, I just was consumed, and I think yeah. I had to be to get to where I was. Um, so I definitely, if I could change something, I would go back and and you know make more time for friends and not become so self obsessed
0: yeah um,
1: it wasn't I wasn't self-obsessed with myself I was obsessed with milk and with failure, succeeding with your business yeah and failure was not an option do you know what I mean so yeah, I, just, I love that I couldn't fail and it was like this it was like an addiction for me mm. and I just um so I think you know you just you can't go into anything half assed like this is you have to absolutely love what you do because it's going to consume your life you have to be selfish in a way I think Mm. I could have been less selfish you know my poor husband literally I'm surprised we made it through (laughs) you know and having a young child you know what I mean but yeah
0: um, I was gonna ask how that came into it um how old is Oscar now so Oscar's 10 10 so how did you find that um raising a family and also running a business I honestly think it's Wonder Woman vibes (laughs) yeah it was
1: so difficult at at first I mean I remember I I had to have like an emergency c-section and I was kind of on my my it was a Blackberry back then I don't think they had iPhones but I was on my Blackberry you know after my c-section trying to do stuff and um and I you know I honestly feel in a way that I was robbed of my kind of maternity leave I I never ended up having a second child but I always kind of wished that I did so I could have a maternity leave I get so jealous of these women that they get to do that you know some of my staff have had, had lots of babies at Milk and they get a good mm. maternity leave, but I just didn't have that that opportunity, unfortunately. And um, I ended up, um, it was a really tough decision, but I ended up putting Oscar with a childminder who lived just down the road. He was about four or five months old. He only went like, mm. I think, a couple of afternoons a week, but that was really kind of a difficult thing and worrying that you're being judged by everyone else, which I'm sure
0: I was, but you know. <laughs> It's quite I'm sure hard. so many people have that though, who start a business, have a family. Mm. But mm. I honestly think there's no—you have to take risks and sacrifices if you want things in your life to succeed.
1: Yeah, um, and, and I looked at the bigger picture. Do you know what I mean? Like I really yeah. believe I could do something well. And when you get small successes, it kind of gives you that drive to continue even more. And you know, even you know, at the end of the day, you know, my son has been at nursery for most of his life <laughs> yeah and he's a great kid you know what mm-hmm. I mean I think I'm very lucky with you know with a character that Oscar has because you know for some people it it wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to do it you know some children have kids that get sick more often or much more yeah. you know have different things so I was I was really lucky with Oscar he kind of thrived on it did um, you have
0: employees um at that time
1: um I think I Kind of did, but I needed just a couple of afternoons just to kind of get a few things done and kind of concentrate. And of course, you're tired as well because you haven't slept yeah. properly and stuff. And but you know, the great thing is now, and it has been like this for quite a few years. I I, I work four days a week, so I, I go to school and watch all this sport, and I'm I can you know if I need to take a day off, I can. So things are much much easier now. Yeah, you know? and now it
0: been, comes into the agency, which I love.
1: Yeah, he comes into the agency because, in a way, my business could kind of run itself now. You know what I mean? Mm. So, um, but at the beginning, you know, I definitely had to make sacrifices, and it's very, very difficult on you mentally and physically because you have that kind of guilt. But you know, it's all good. It's all good now, and I'm enjoying this time in quarantine. I mean, I've mostly spent more time with my husband. Oscar's like, okay,
0: what happened here then?
1: Exactly.
0: Oh, I'm loving that. So, well, I wanted to finish off with a couple questions. Um, Is there anything looking back that you may have done differently? Or do you think each thing that's happened to you has created the business and how it is today?
1: Um, You know what, I had some pretty horrendous things happen along the way. But they've all kind of rounded me off to kind of who I am and how I run my business now. You know, I'm not as trusting as I think at the beginning I just trusted everybody um, yeah. I'm not as you know and I think you have to kind of keep your guard up a little bit so I'm a little less trusting mm. um but you know um and I think I would have not let it consume my life maybe as much as it did because I think I went a bit overboard and I think mm. I would have liked to be a better friend to some people and you know definitely spent a bit more time with my family and not being obsessing over my agency but I think mm. a lot of people that start a business you do become obsessed with it you know it becomes a bit of an addiction you know and, and especially if you really really want to succeed and I think I didn't have didn't have any investment or backup and my modeling career was over and it just you know failure was not an option yeah um you know so
0: as you said blood sweat and tears
1: blood literally blood sweat and tears but it's not all bad you know like I love being an agent you know um it's every day is different you know you don't know what who's going to walk through the door you don't know what emails going to pop up you don't yeah. know what exciting opportunity is going to pop up whether it's good or bad you know and the camaraderie with my team you know I have the best team um, I have such great family. So there's so many positives and wonderful stuff. So all that all that hard work was definitely, definitely
0: worth it. I definitely say milk is a family. For sure. I
1: mean, sometimes I feel cheesy because I'm like, oh, welcome to the milk family. And I think, oh, is that really cringe?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. But it's it really true. is.
1: It's genuinely true. And and I'm really proud of the um the kind of vibe that we have in the agency. Like it genuinely does feel like in a a family and in this quarantine thing you know like I think everyone appreciates what we we had so much that we're Mm. also desperate to fight to get it back to where it was
0: for sure and then my last question would be for anyone starting a business what advice would you give
1: um my advice to people would be who want to start a business would be Um, just make sure that you you love it. You have to love it so much that you're willing to sacrifice lots of things. So it has to be something that you just can't wait to get out of bed to do, Mm. you know, and and give it a go. Um, Yeah, so you just got to love what you're doing because it's really hard work to get to the top. And, um, you know, and um, just kind of use your gut instinct too. You know, I think you kind of know what's right and wrong and and all that kind of stuff so really listen to your gut take advice take lots of different advice from lots of different people um and yeah hard work pays off that's what I say to models too you know yeah not very often you get a girl that comes in and literally is on the cover of Vogue and becomes a star Mm. you know it's really hard work you know fly, flying all over the place you know sometimes you've got to model 50 outfits and you've got to keep smiling and still be really happy and you know um you look I after your you. body you know what I mean and and talk to people and then get on another flight and mm. you know what happens if you've got your period that day and you just feel like shit and the last yeah. thing you want to do is talk to all these people but you have to keep smiling so you know hard work pays off
0: It's so true what you say about loving what you do, because when I describe to people about my work, especially in this time now, especially Mm. when I speak to my boyfriend and stuff, I'm like, I just want to go back to work because I love what I do. I don't wake up in the morning, especially because when I go to work, I meet new people every single day, which I love. And it makes me appreciate my job a lot more, not being able to do it and feeling restricted. And it just makes me want to do the job better when I go on a set and I'm like, okay, let's be nice to everyone. Because I love it, I want to do it yeah. again.
1: that's so good. That's why. That's why you get booked again and again, Grace. Because clients love you. You're a joy to work with. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, I also chat the their ear done. off yeah that's nice you know that's what clients like you know I think that's that's the way to be and I'm always like say please and thank you have good manners and you'll get for, sure. Again. for
0: sure for sure I sure. completely agree with that well Anna thank you so much for being on my podcast today um You're you so are the well wonder woman and I miss you so much I miss you um, so much I'm literally gonna squeeze you until you me too can't say, get I can but yeah <laughs> thank you so much thank you if you'd like to get in touch about anything to do with the podcast or just to say hey, our email address, and when I say our I definitely mean just me, is what they don't tell you about pod at gmail.com. Very nice and long for you to write down.